Welcome to Connection Church's podcast. This week, Sean Corbett continues the series, Identity. In this message, Sean talks about who we are in Christ and how to find ourselves in Him. Jesus Christ is alive and at work in our lives. We just have to take the time to notice what He is doing. What is Christ doing in your life that you are unaware of? Welcome. Welcome, welcome. We're glad you're here. As I was saying, my name's Sean Corbett. I am not the pastor or normal uh, uh, speaker on Sundays. Brandon Williams is, for those who are not here, uh, who are here for the first time. We are very, very glad you are here. Um, and we hope you'll come back. Uh, Brandon, we love him. And uh, he, we're very blessed to get him every Sunday. We really are. But he and Susan are down uh, doing a wedding this weekend. And, you know, they went, somebody made the comment, it was really cool. They did a Saturday wedding and they left on Thursday, but the wedding was in West Palm. That makes sense, right? <laughs> so, but I, he, he needed it. He, he, he did. Um, he is, uh, he's working hard for the kingdom and we love him for that. If you would, let's pray. Father God, Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. We thank you for loving us. Father God, um, we pray that uh, however we came in here this morning, that we walk away knowing you a little bit more. Father God, I pray that however we came in here feeling about ourselves and who we are, Father God, I pray that, that we know how you want us to see ourselves and how you created us to be. Father, I pray right now for great faith here today. I pray for faith that we would believe you, Jesus, that you are who you say you are. Father, I pray for great faith that, that we would see, that we would believe who we are in you, Jesus, who you created us to be. I pray that this faith moves, and, and, and Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll just empower our time here, empower these words that will be changed for you, that we, that we don't leave here the same way we came in, but we leave here knowing you more and more and being willing to, to let you change us inside out. I pray that in Jesus' mighty, mighty strong name. Amen. Um, identity. If y'all hadn't figured this out or whatever, that's why we have uh, videos. And we're in the middle of a series right now on identity and who we are in Christ. And um, this is personally something that I've struggled with all my life. Who am I? What does that mean? Um, and, and not to get too personal or get in it, but I'll just tell you how, how I've struggled with this. Um, my parents were divorced when I was at a young age. I really grew up without a dad. Uh, Mom was married and divorced a couple times. And I got to tell you, for somebody in South Georgia growing up basically in the 70s and 80s when I did, people identify you by who you, where you come from. Most people you find out when they go, when they, you meet an introduction down here in the South, they say, well, who do you belong to? And then they want to make this identification. They want who is. And so in other words, who's your daddy? Y'all heard that before? Tell me who your daddy is. Well, I got to tell you, growing up without a good feeling, without being able to say that firmly, it's led my life to struggle a lot. And so looking for who I am has been one of the great, great, great chases of my life. And uh, 
I have looked in many, many places to try to find out who I am, and many of them have been wrong. Many of them have been dark. And it wasn't until I found Christ, till I met Jesus and met the love that He is, until I met my daddy, that I really began to know who I was. And so I prayed hard this week, and I hope this message helps you. It helped me. Things that I, I take for granted that I know God spoke back into my heart again. And so I'll share them with you. And the scripture that uh, we've been speaking on and, and that this series will be based on is in 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10. So if you have your Bibles, we'll take just a minute and we'll open that up. Let's look at what God's Word says. Because here's the thing. We struggle to find out who we are. We really want to know one of the great places to look is, is God's Word because He says who we are right there in black and white. A lot of times we don't believe Him. We don't have the faith to believe Him. But it's right there. It's in black and white. And in Christ, let's read this. It says, um, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God, which you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen? Amen. Golly. The first point that I'll make to you, and, and it said that we were called out of darkness into this wonderful light. Another translation is called out of darkness into this marvelous light. That's my favorite one. I don't know something about marvelous light. But the first point that I'd like to talk to you about is we must realize that we are all created and all called to the image of God, to the identity that God has for us. So when we read these words, and I know they're confusing when we talk about being chosen and a royal priesthood and these things, and we're going to get that a little bit later, but I want to establish the first point with all of us is that we are all called to this identity that God offers us. Everyone in this room, everyone in this world, whether you're saved or not, God's heart, His desire is for mankind, humanity in its entirety. None left out, none left behind. Amen? So, if you're not excited about that, get excited. If you've ever sat there in church and thought, well, maybe this word, this is good, but it's for somebody else, it's not for me. Hear this today, that God desires to, to give you a home, to give you an identity, to give you His identity. And it has nothing to do with, you, with what you do or with what you don't do. It's because that's what God loves you individually right now. He loves this world that way. I don't know. That's really good news, isn't it? Come on. That is good news to know that everyone here is called. The, one of the problems of us being called is, is we don't realize we're called. You know, we don't realize that we're called by God into this relationship, into this family, into this identity. You know why? Because most of us have given ourselves some other name. See, God knows your name. He, he knows you in and outwards. He knows who you are. He knew you in your mother's womb, the Bible says. But you see, we have let 
ourselves give, a, give us new names. We've let the world around us give us identities and names. We've got to understand that God has called with a specific identity and a specific portion for you. That's good news, amen? The thing I would offer to you is that He's calling. He is calling each and every one of us, but most of us don't realize it because we don't recognize our name. We don't recognize His voice. There's so many voices and so many names calling us, names that, that we in this world of darkness have lost the Father's voice. So part of understanding this is to know, the first thing we need to do is identify that voice and identify that that voice is calling to us. It's not calling to the person to the right or left of you. It is, there is a voice and there is a call for you, for me, and for everybody out there. Just a minute. And I'm going to come back to this a little bit later on. But in your heart right now, what name do you answer to? Think about it. When you sit down and you get in your quiet spot, what name do you answer to? What? Because I got to tell you this. If it's not child of God, if it's not chosen people, if it's not a part of the kingdom of God, if you know Jesus... It, then that name is a lie. That's not your name. And we, what we have is we have a lot of Christians out there who, who say, yes, I've taken you, Jesus. I've, I've come under your blood, and I, I am a Christian. But you know what? We're still listening to that other name. We're not believing us individually that we're his, that we belong to him. We're still listening to the other name. What's your name? Is it drunk? Is it addict? Is it slut? Is it gossip? Is it greed? You know, because the reason I can tell you those is because I've answered to every one of their names. I don't stand here to tell you I'm Lily White, but those, when I made my list, that's the list that I answered to for a long time. That's a lie. God calls us with His voice to know who we are in Him. And so when we hear that, we have to know in our hearts that those other voices, the other names that we hear, that's a lie. That's from Satan. And that's, that is the darkness. And that word says that He calls us out of darkness into His light. We don't have to be there anymore. We don't have to listen to those lies. We don't have to take that name that we've given ourselves or that the world's given us. Amen? Because don't you know... That everybody, you walk out there and everybody wants a label. Everybody wants to, we love as a generation to label folks, right? Come on. We have the baby boomers. Got a label, right? Got Generation X. That's mine. I still hadn't figured out what that is. I guess that's why it's Generation X. You know? We have, uh, Sean, what's your generation? It's why. That would, that would obviously make sense. But we still don't know what it means. But we can identify with that, right? We, we, we struggle with this. And, and here I would offer to you is those are things of man. 
That, those are things that man has created to try to build their own identity, their own place, and to be their own God. And that's wrong. You know, and where it's really wrong is because what we use is we use these identities, we use these labels so that we can feel better about ourselves and better than the person next to us. Amen? We do. We, <clears throat> we have such a hard time realizing that we share this common sickness. That, that apart from Christ, that we're, there's no difference among us, that we're all spiritually sick, that we all need Jesus. So what we do is we start building up these things, and sometimes our label is Christian. Ooh, come on. But then the evidence of our life doesn't a lot, look a lot different than anywhere. It becomes an identity and a name only. Sometimes it's a denomination. Sometimes it's a part of a fraternity or a club. You take your pick. And I'm not saying any things are bad, but what I'm pointing to is what we do and what lengths we go to label ourselves and other people for this point of position, this point of identity. And I would offer to you that it, we will never find our identity, we will never find peace and contentment with who we are until we accept who God created us to be, and that's His child. That's Him by His name that He calls all of us. Amen? Amen. second part of Scripture that I'd like to do, I'd like to look at, is also in, in 1 Peter. It's uh, earlier in the same chapter, second chapter, looking at, uh, I think it's verse 4 and 5. Is that right, Greg? It says, As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God, and precious to Him. You can stop right there. As you come to Him, who we, to Him, to Jesus, while the offer of the call is for all of us, we have to get in our hearts, there's only one voice that we can answer to. There's only one way for us to really know who we are and what we're created for, to really receive that identity. And that's Jesus. It says, as we come to Him. You know, we can try to come to all these other things. We can try to come to, to our own good intentions of our good works and our efforts. We can come to this program or that program. We, there are so many things that we can do. But at the end of the day, we're no stronger than I am, and I'm not very strong, and we're no very stronger than the people around me, and that's stronger than me, but here's the thing. That's not God. And there are limitations to the power that even people can, can, can possess together. And the problem is, as I've established, is that when people get together, our first option is to figure out how we can be better than the next guy. So it really doesn't help us. Until we're willing to, to go to Jesus, to go and realize that it is only through Him. The living stone that was rejected, but chosen by God, that we can really begin to know who we are. You see, that name that I talked to you before, and I asked you, what name do you answer to? Christ calls you with his name. 
He calls you with His name. Because you see, Jesus' blood, His sacrifice that was made for all of us, for the whole world, when we accept that, when we come to Him and we receive that blood, that blood covers us. It takes all our sin. It takes all our stain. It takes all the other names that we answer to that have kept us separated from God and in darkness. And it washes us clean. And it gives us the identity. And here's the thing. When God sees that, He only sees Jesus. And so it's no longer Sean or Milan or Bo. It's Jesus that we begin to see. And there's a new identity. It's this identity that God created us for. The Bible says that we were created in God's image. And then we're to reflect His glory. Well, if we can't do that without Him. We can't even, we can't even be but a smattering of glory. It fades. But, the, but what Jesus offers us is forever. And the thing is... The thing is, most of us don't want to give Jesus all the glory. We don't want to take on this identity, even though it's what we were created for, because most of us really want to be me. And, and, and that's where a choice comes in. And, and I think that, that one thing we've, we've got to look at here. It's a choice between life and death. It's a choice between staying in the darkness and staying in the junk and coming out in the light. And the choice, one of the choices that I'll present to you is, is that there's no other way. And I've said that three times or more. But it is, will we be willing to make that choice? Are we willing to give up me? Now, I'd like to give up the addiction, and I'd like to give up the greed. I'd like to give up the pain. I'd like to give up the suffering. Because those things hurt me, and I don't want those. But will I be willing to give up my right to myself? Because that's part of what comes with it, too. We're going to go into that a little bit more, but that's a choice that we had, to. Just like I said, do we, we want to give that name up. But do we want to surrender? Do we want to give ourselves to something greater than us? Continuing in First uh, Peter, verse 5. Here's the part that comes to us. This is the part that we begin to talk to when we make that choice. Because it is, it's not just about giving away our junk and still being us apart from God. When we give away our junk, He wants us to be a part of Him completely. And so it says... You also, no longer separated, but together with Him, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Well, what does it look like? What do these things look like? I think we really begin to, to say, all right, I don't want this name anymore. I want to be identified with you, Jesus. I want this. I accept this. I understand that there's no other way that I can, that I can be complete or be who I'm supposed to be without you. 
I'm, I'm willing to give myself up and take on you, to take on your character and your identity so that I, I could, that's my part. Well, what does it look like? What is this deal? Well, let's look at this because it, it's here in the scripture and the scriptures are sometimes confusing, but, and I'm not saying this is, this is it in its entirety, but as I prayed about this, this is what told me. We are like living stones. We say, what's a living stone? I've never seen a, a stone breathe or anything like that. I've never seen one get up and walk. What does that mean? Well, back in Christ's time, what they did, when there was something wonderful, when, when there was a, something that God did, they would, they would erect these large stones in the place that God did it. When, when the Hebrews finally crossed over the River Jordan into the Promised Land, and they, you know, after 40 years of being in the desert, 40 years of not fulfilling who God called them to be, they finally got it right, decided we're going, and God allowed them in. After they crossed the river, you know what they did? They erected these big stones. It's called an Ebenezer. And, those biz- and the reason they erected those stones is so that everyone who passed, everyone who would see those stones, they would ask, why are those stones there? And the, and the Hebrews wanted to be able to go, because God did this. There was a mighty act of God, and he delivered his people. He delivered his people, not just them anymore, but he delivered his people, you, me, the world. And so every time they saw that stone, they got to tell of the glory of God and what God's doing. And so as living stones, what God has called us to be is evidence of his holiness, evidence of what he's done for you and for me. Milan said it best. He said, you know, it's the thing. We come to God, and he begins to change us. And the longer, the, and I'm paraphrasing Milan, so keep me here. But he said, he said it like this. He said, no change, no God, no Christ. The thing is, is God calls us, calls us to lay down our lives so that he can put his life in us. And so that when people see us, we are living stones. So when they see the evidence of our lives, the testimonies of our lives, they can go, look what a great thing God has done. Look at what Jesus has done. It's not just words. It's just not a book. It's real. That guy was a drug addict. He was down on his luck. Or that guy was in hell. He was in church every day, but he was miserable. But now he has joy and he's complete. And this guy's he's, he's well and he's whole in every way. And he cares about somebody other than himself. Well, praise God. Look what Jesus has done. Testimonies of what God has done in our lives is what we're called to be. We can't just walk around like this and looking like the other things. God calls for his glory to be seen in his children. He's given you the identity and he desires that when people see you, they see him. A spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Not a religion, a spiritual house, not a religion, not a church, not a building. Not a denomination. But to be the temple of the Holy Spirit where God resides. Individually, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, the Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Understand that God doesn't expect you to have this identity apart from Him. He gives you His Spirit to come dwell in you. That he's with you forever and always. And if we'll listen to him, if we'll obey him, if we'll walk with him, 
It's not you having to show the character of God. God gets to show the character of God in you. That's a spiritual house. And so us at our bodies, we have to realize that that's us. That's me. What I've given to do is the opportunity to steward what God's given me in my life, the choices I make, understanding that I don't just represent me anymore. It's not my identity, but it's God's. And I've been given this life. I've been given this name. And so when I walk, I'm to be obedient to the God that lives inside me. And my life's to be a testimony. A spiritual house, which is later in 1 Corinthians 12, is the body of Christ. And we've all talked about that. But understand that we're not just a bunch of individuals anymore, separated, scattered. We're a family. We're the family of God. We share His name. We share His spiritual DNA. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter. You are family. You are one. And that's where, how God desires us to look and to treat each other that way and to love each other. And where I have strengths, I also have weaknesses. But he's given both strength and, I mean, strengths that really help me in my weaknesses. And we're there to be able to love each other, to help each other. And we're there to be evidence of what God's done for us. Not a bunch of rules, not a bunch of religion. We're a movement, people. This is a movement of God's love, his mercy, his compassion. The thing is, is if this sounds foreign to you, then we need to look. These are real things. And God desires us as a body not just to talk about these things, but to live them. That as we're out there, we carry these things individually and as a body. You see, this is a dark world. Everybody knows the darkness of our own hearts, but walk outside. It's just not that we're called to this. We have to do this. We have to do this because if we're not willing to do it, then we just say we're okay with darkness. We're okay with pain. We're okay with hurt. We can come to church on Sunday and be okay because we've stamped our letter. We came to church and I'm okay, but inside I'm still struggling. And outside there's pain and suffering everywhere. A holy priesthood. God has called us, not as priests to come there again, have some words, but to minister the gospel. To take what we've been given, the redemption, the hope, the mercy and the compassion and to see it, to recognize it in the world around us, to recognize the darkness and to be willing to minister to it. To be able to give what we've been given. We are not the light. I don't have all the answers. I, I in, in me, upon myself, I'm a pretty bad dude. Ask some people who know me closely. 
But in Christ, when I accept the identity of Christ in that, and I let Him have my life, and I lay that down, He does amazing things. He does things that I could never dream of doing on my own. It's will I give Him my life so that He can do that? Will I lay down this identity I've created for myself to take on His so that His will can be done in this world? He doesn't just need us to do this. He asks us to do this. Not only does He ask us, He commands us to do that. We don't like commands, but that's the truth. It's not, it's not negotiable. It's not optional. This is what He commands us to do. We're not the light. Jesus is the light. In that darkness, in this darkness in here, Jesus is the only light. But I can tell you this. When we lay down that, we pick up His, we become conduits of the light. We make the connection in this brokenness and this darkness. Connection, church, hits the name. Could have been where Brandon and God were going. But we get to connect people to God and, and believers to each other. We get to connect unbelievers to God and believers to each other. There's a purpose so that we can minister to each other and that Jesus can bring His light into the darkness. And, I've, and I, I've been around this next point over and over and over again. But this is going back to what we are supposed to look like. This is what God is, is telling us. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The offering that was acceptable for God, to God, for me and you, was the blood of Jesus, was His life. The offering that God asks is, is not big, long prayers. It's not your checkbook. It's not how many service events that you can have or that you can come up with or scheme or those things like that. The offering that is acceptable to God is your life. Oh, what about that? It's, it's to, as I've said it again, I'm saying it again, but it's to, to lay down your life, your identity for His. What does that look like? Does that mean I'm supposed to, to stop being Sean? Does that mean I'm supposed to read my Bible and talk only in Scripture? Does that mean that I, that I can't watch TV anymore? Or does that mean that, that I have to be at church on my knees five days a week or have to be doing all this? Milan, no. No. You want to see evidence of a life right there? Giving over to Christ and I'm pointing him out. That's a head football coach at a double-A school right there. And I can tell you, everywhere he looks, you get to see Jesus. And they say it's in a setting that you can't do it in. You're supposed to lose your job. If you separation of church and state, you can't do it there. But there's somebody there that I'll point to who's decided that being identified with God, being able to represent Christ in this world is more important than myself. It's more important than my job. And so here it is. I'm going to go do my job. I'm going to live my life, but I'm going to live it through my salvation. I'm going to live it through my connection with Jesus. That is a surrendered life. 
where it's not about me. I still do my things. I live my life. I have my job. I go to school. I have my friends. But the evidence of my life is my relationship with Jesus. How do we do this? Does it happen overnight? Do we have this, do we, somebody, Sean has an altar call. He comes in and says, bam, and, 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 and there I'm changed forever, and then I go out and live it. Not saying it can't happen. I've seen the power of God happen that way. But more often than not, it's a daily decision to get up and turn my life and will over to my God. It's a daily decision that wakes me up in the morning and says, you know what? I knew all those names I've been called. I don't believe them. I'm not that person anymore. I've seen what my plans and actions get me to and what happens out of them. And I, I'm not going that route anymore because it's bad news. But I recognize you, God, is the way. I recognize you, Jesus, is the way. And I know your way is the right way. Your way is the only way. And so this morning, I turn my life and will over to you, God. I surrender to you. Here's my sacrifice to you, my life. Now, God, I'm going to school or I'm going to work, but I'm doing it not as Sean, but as a son of Jesus Christ. Now, do I always look that way? No. Ask some of these folks who work with me and see me in some bad times. There's still some Sean that creeps up. There's that old man who creeps up. There's anger and bitterness that I have to do. And you know what? At that point, I have to stop right there and surrender again. Sometimes I'm good at it. Sometimes I blow it big time. Sometimes I, myself, the old man, wells up so big and so strong that it may take a day or two. But I have to get back to the point that it's not my life. It's Jesus's. And you know what? The longer I hold on to me and my anger, my bitterness, or whatever got me over there, I hold on to that darkness, the worse I get. But the minute I hit my knees, the minute I'm willing to go, not my will, Jesus, but yours be done, the way I'm willing to surrender, it starts turning the other way. It starts turning the other way. You see... Here's the cool thing. You know, when we hear words like surrender, submit, not your will, sacrifice, those have bad connotations to most of us, right? You know? I know Kenny Tucker, he ain't quitting on nobody. Surrender ain't in his vocabulary. I played under him. He's kicked me in the butt before. I understand that. So, it, so that becomes a foreign concept to us. Because we think it's negative. Here's the beauty of it. Here's the blessing of it. When I lay down my life, which is just this, which is just all I have in here and all I have in here and all I have in here, when I'm willing to lay it down to Jesus, when I lay it down to God, you know what He gives me back? All of Himself. He gives me wisdom and understanding past what I could ever have. He gives me strength to endure things physically that I don't think that I can endure. When the trial comes, I understand I'm not in it alone. I had the creator of the universe, the God of gods, he's with me. And I look to my right and left and I see Bo and I say, Steve, and I understand that they're with me too. I'm not alone in this anymore. It's just not my name I look and see these brothers and sisters who can, who can live this way with me and who can walk with me to empower this. You see, the victory that Jesus 
ganged on that cross and he did. When he said it was finished, it was finished. It's over with. Darkness was defeated and light came into the world. We get to be a part of that victory. That victory becomes ours when we're willing to lay down our lives. When we're willing to say that, that's what becomes ours. So what we think we're giving up is nothing compared to the vastness of victory and strength and love that, that, that we get back. The point is this. Will we, do we believe these things? I have just stood up here and preached my heart out. But at the end of the day, it's just a man on stage who gets passionate and excited about Jesus, and you can say, yeah, that guy's just passionate and excited about Jesus. Woohoo! yeah, let's go eat, let's go have El Sombrero for lunch. But it is... Will we do the next best right thing? Will we take a step of faith and say yes to these things? Because, see, all of this stuff that we've talked about, you know our only part is, other than the surrender and making this choice, but the choice comes by doing it in faith. I'm going to tell you something. I've tried to make these choices. I've tried to make these decisions without faith. I have. I've heard the plan. I've done this. Sean's the best at forming a plan and executing one. Ask those who know me well. But when you don't do it with faith and you don't believe that a power greater than you is involved, then you really know you fooled yourself because it's just you again. So the question that I have for you and your identity. As we're looking for this, if you hear all the words I just said, will you believe? Will you have, will you be willing to be courageous, to be bold, and to, to, to say yes? That guy's really excited, and I'm not quite sure I believe everything he said. And I'm not at, maybe that's too much for you. But will you take a step of faith, a measure of faith to step towards this? Will you, will you say in your heart that you believe that Jesus is, is who he says he is? And he wants you to be who he says you are. That's the question. That's the question. So what's your identity? What name do you want to answer to? What name do you want to answer to? It's open-ended. Starts in faith starts in faith to believe that you can let God come in and be, change you to be who He says you are, to give you His name. This is not something, if you're new and you, and you know Jesus, and you don't know Jesus Christ, 
It's that simple. It's as simple as being willing to take a step of faith. It's being willing to go, I've done it my way. I've seen all these things and they don't work. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired of this. And I'm willing to take a step of faith and ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I'm willing to surrender my life. If if you're there, I'm not going to ask anybody to come up here. But if if that's you, and, and don't listen to the lies. Don't listen to the, I really want to do that, but somebody's going to think a certain way of me, or I thought, you know, if that's you, I'm going to ask Milan after, after this is over to come up here with me. If that's you, let's get the deal done today. Let's take a step of faith. You're getting all of God, and you're going to get all of his body that he's got. <laughs> What it looks like, what, what, it, what, what, what form it takes, I don't know. God knows, and he'll work it out for you. If you've been in church all your life, if you've been born again and you know Jesus Christ, and you've forgotten your name, you've, you've moved your name to my mortgage, my business, my dope, whatever it is, if, if you, you've moved that and you, you want, want your, you want to remember what your name is, if you want us to pray for you and let you, let you confess that and, and, and give that to Jesus again one more time today, then I'll offer that to you. There again, not in front of everybody else, but you and your own will. Take the opportunity. Be bold. There's nothing but love that you're going to receive back. If that's you, when we close, understand we're here to love on you and and, and, and to to do that. Amen? Amen? Amen.